0: Hey there and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. Today I want to talk about Yugoslavia in 1945 and I want to talk about it because there's a really interesting intersection happening here between the internationalism of communism or the supposed internationalism of communism um, the, in 1945, the victorious power in Yug- Yugoslavia where the communist partisans Uh, led by Joseph Brodsch Tito, um, and the ethnic uh, makeup of Yugoslavia, which was anything but internationalist. You've got this huge problem, and it's pretty much irreconcilable, of this patchwork of uh, Serbs, Croats, um, and a huge range of um, other uh, ethnicities, um, Bosnian Muslims, uh, Kosovars, um, and uh, other minorities um within uh, Yugoslavia, a state which had existed since um, the uh, Paris Peace conference um, and had been um, a a product uh, really of the um, uh, peacemaking compromises at the end of the first world war uh, and that is something that was wholly irreconcilable with um, a the ideologies that were espoused by um, Tito and other communists. The same problem existed in the Soviet Union. The Russian Empire was enormously ethnically diverse, and um, the idea of imposing an ideology on this ethnic diversity that said that really, ethnic difference was irrelevant. The only difference between human beings which had any importance or meaning at all was class. This was, again, very difficult, and ethnic questions constantly emerged during Lenin and Stalin's rule uh, and are dealt with with enormous brutality, uh, mass movements of people uh, across the Soviet Union in the attempt to break the idea of national identity which was seen as, you know, this kind of bourgeois counter-revolutionary idea, and the um, Poles after the um, Soviet invasion in 1939 um, were also subject to this idea, this kind of notion of of national er- erasing, and the Soviets, um, the first thing they do is introduce um class struggle uh, into um the in into the uh, conquered uh, parts of eastern poland saying essentially that they were liberating the polish peasants from the polish bourgeoisie and that the the you know the revolution had had, had now um arrived already in 1945 there was um there were there was talk of a separate croat state or a separate um, Serbian state, but um, in to give way to um, these nationalist desires, almost immediately after having um, defeated the the Germans. And the the thing about Tito is that yes, they have he has help from um, the British and the Americans um in in terms of um aid drops and special for um the s o e and the american o s s and and these kinds of of things but by and large the um the germans are driven from yugoslavia without um the the external uh, help um of the red army particularly and without uh an, a, a western allied invading force either, um, as there had been in in Greece. So there was, with some justification, Tito could say that he had liberated the country. However, to then capitulate to nationalist passions and say, well, you know, my communist internationalism that transcends um, the the, the petty divisions of of race and ethnicity, this is, you know, off the table because of this, this volatile... Violent energy that exists within the Yugoslav Federation. This is something he could not have countenanced, um, and the uh, Tito was able to suppress much of this energy um, up until his, his death. The um, obviously Yugoslavia had been the scene of some of the most horrific intercommunal ethnic violence, um, with. Um, the croatia um siding with the germans um during the war after yugoslavia had been uh, broken up and ant Pavic's, uh ustaše um fascists um committing horrific crimes against the serbs uh and the and the jews but you have this complex intersection where the um partisans or uh, tito's partisans Fought against not only the the Nazis, but also um, the troops of the Yugoslav government um, that had existed before the war and began to reinstate itself to towards the end of the war, um, and so there are there were uh, partisans, um, Chetniks, and fascists who all had. Competing visions, visions of a communist Yugoslav federation, visions of a, uh, a nationalist um, Croat or Serbian state, visions of a united Yugoslavia, again, uh, under the monarchy. Um, there, there are, uh, and from time to time, you get different individuals transiting between these different positions. So it's enormously chaotic by the end of the war. But most sides seem to have been energised by the power of uh, ethnic hatred and resentment. Certainly the Germans, when they invaded Yugoslavia, were happy to use Croat resentments against the Serbs in order to um, direct um, violence against them. And after, at the end of the war, um, these hatreds, we were not going to be swept away purely because hitler had shot himself in his bunker i think it's always important to reflect if you're listening to this in great britain or america or anywhere else that the war that we popularly remember is often a very alien affair to um a great many people around the world the 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 war that is understood by uh, people in uh, Poland or Yugoslavia or the Ukraine or places like Papua New Guinea, is a completely different affair. We have uh, a story, a narrative, um, in particularly well in, in Britain um, that tells one uh, one strand of this very big and complex tale, uh, and that has really quite a clear and finite endpoint in 1945, in May 1945, in Europe, and in August 1945, in Asia, for a great many countries, there was no clear and defined end point. Um, Conflict, um, both overt and hidden, limps on for a long time afterwards. So during the Second World War, um, violence continued, which had really been ongoing ...throughout the 20s and 30s, particularly the, uh, the conflict over who should be the dominant ruling um, ethnic group within Yugoslavia. The Croats were represented by the Croat peasant party... ...and the Serbs were represented by the uh, supporters of the the monarchy. Um, and the, the debate was, uh, again... Was Yugoslavia a a valid political institution? Should it survive? Should it carry on? Should it divide? Uh, And if it does survive, who should have, which ethnic group should have um, the most power? Once the state is destroyed, and this is a a, a very interesting and often unspoken part of Nazi tactics, and it was pioneered in Austria, Um, you can see through the works of Timothy Snyder in in Black Earth, how it was pioneered in Austria by the Nazis, um, the state would often be destroyed, and the state was normally the sole protector of individual rights. So if you were from a variety of different ethnic backgrounds, you could always rely on the state and the constitution of the state to at least treat you fairly. And hopefully a policeman, if you're a Croat, a policeman who's a Serb, would at least be bound by the courts and the rule of law to to do their job properly. If you destroy the state and you create a kind of a, a, you know, an incoming uh, invasion from uh, Italy or Germany, destroys the state. And then really racial anarchy rules. Um, there is no rule of law in which people can be protected. And um, the really the, the, the racial worldview of someone like Hitler prevails, where he says, "Well, you know, you know, I've always said that history, that um, you know, humanity, the story of humanity is, is a, a gigantic racial struggle, and we'll see who prevails if it's the the, uh, the 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 Croats or the Serbs. We'll see of these lesser peoples to the Aryans, who's further up the racial tree." So the occupiers, uh, Italian and German, they committed their own massacres, their own war crimes, and readily encouraged infighting uh, between uh, other groups. Um, so from this emerges the Eustachia, um, the, um, had be, who had been uh, put into power by the uh, Italians, um, who had a, an interest in creating a puppet a Croat state. Um, the uh, parts of um, Croatia were viewed as Italian, such as the Dalmatia and the Dalmatian coastline, and uh, these were the fabled Irredenta lands that Italy claimed she was cheated out of in the Treaty of Versailles, uh, which, which uh, Italian fascists referred to as the mutilated peace. The uh, monarchists, mainly Serbs, um, are the Chetniks, um, were um, royalists and they were rivals to um, the uh, communist partisans. Later in the war, most of the uh, Chetniks defect the rank and file of the Chetniks defect to the communists, um, and the, the communists are a, a multi-ethnic uh, partisan group, but mainly mainly made up uh, of, of Serbs. When it became clear that the, the game was up for the Third Reich um, in the uh, first half of 1945, the Germans withdrew from um, the Balkans. Uh, I've talked before about Uh, that reigned and Churchill's special interest in Greece, and you can you can go back and find that through in in the podcasts. I think I did that about a year ago. Um, so they retreated through Yugoslavia uh, in April 1945, and various collaborators and militias uh, went with them and they were hoping to get towards Austria. Uh, Britain, by this point, in April 1945, had occupied a portion of Austria, and the idea was to get there quickly before the communists um, moving from the east could cut them off. Um, They had um, a hope that the, the British were more likely to take prisoners than Tito was. Um and this was really a, a kind of a um a belief that framed um much of the um the thinking of um desperate um Nazi uh party members and uh, German soldiers on the run uh in the last month of the war. On, on May the sixth, the Eustachia gave up Zagreb and there was uh, no small amount of terror amongst the, the population when they left. Uh, there was a fear of what the communists would do when they uh, arrived. Um, the Ustasius seemed to be been quite happy to, to whip this up uh, rather a lot to um, create a, an exodus from, from the, uh, the city. Um, refugees poured out of Zagreb and um, they, were, uh, they were a very useful way of hiding the Ustasha amongst the crowds. Um, the uh, hundreds of thousands of people from Zagreb marched into Slovenia and they too were attempting to, to get to the Austrian border. Um, uh, the Ustasha was perhaps, uh, more than likely I imagine, urging civilians uh, on with various lies about what was going to happen to them, um, but also uh, threats and in- intimidation. The Ustasha were in for a nasty surprise when they um, got to Austria uh, because they were told by the British that the uh, agreement that was signed between the British, the Americans and the Russians and all other allied powers, including Tito's partisans, uh, was that no one could surrender to an army that they had not been fighting. So the uh, the Eustasia uh, could not surrender to the British they had to turn themselves over to the partisans the british were unable to do anything else they were unable to um uh, accommodate um the 25000 uh, troops who had turned up and the 175000 who were uh chundling behind um they uh, had uh, there is a a kind of a a long standing simmering resentment uh in croat nationalist circles about um what britain did at this point the the story from their perspective is that the uh, british disarmed them and handed them over to to their their fate whereas it's not quite that's not quite the picture really um there was a secondary consideration as well tito's partisans had now uh, marched into northeastern italy and into eastern austria and were uh, threatening to seize these territories um, and incorporate them into Yugoslavia. Um, The British as an occupying army had a duty and a responsibility uh, not to allow, and this was part of the the various wartime agreements from um, Tehran to Yalta to Potsdam, um, was that once a country was occupied, it could not simply be uh, sliced up uh, and handed out to whoever wanted a piece of it. I mean, obviously, this this would be setting up a future conflict, and no mistake. Um, So the the British wanted to to make sure that they could um, counter the threat of Tito if they needed to. And uh, looking after 200,000 troops was uh, going to be rather difficult in that regard. It's doubtful that the British didn't know exactly what was in store for the prisoners that they were handing over. Just as when the British handed over um, Cossacks, who had collaborated with the Nazis that were captured in Austria, um, to the Soviets, they knew precisely what fate was going to befall them. Um, They were um, arguably responsible in one of the the, the last war crimes of of the war. Uh, But then again, it's difficult to see... Um, what other options uh, that there were? Um, the decision to hand the Croats over to the Partisans um, was the, the, the beginnings of, uh, you know, quite a horrific ordeal for them. Um, most were taken to firstly to force march to transit camps. Um, and th- after that, um, once they were kind of out of the view of, um, allies and, uh, uh, allied observers, um, the, uh, rations stop, the water stops, um, the, uh, soldiers are, the troops are robbed of things like, uh, boots and wedding rings and anything valuable, um, the stragglers are shot, um, uh, Villages along the way had left out things like food and, and water for um the uh, forced marches but obviously um how, uh, reaching for any of it was um a you know a death sentence um and there were uh, obviously those who um uh, collapsed in exhaustion were uh, summarily executed as well so the um the communist partisans. Uh, I suspect generally out of more out of Serb um, national sentiment and the, the sense of Serb victimhood throughout the war, which um, is understandable, uh, uh, but, but, but which is not to suggest that the Serbs didn't commit their own atrocities, particularly against Bosnian Muslims. Um, the uh, th- this it was this sentiment I think that uh, guided the violence more than any kind of. A belief in um uh, communism or marxist leninism in the um the week after the end of the second world war, probably something like fifty to sixty thousand um what was referred to as collaborationists, so these are and croat soldiers sometimes um bosnian Muslims um, who had uh, fought for the Nazis um, were executed. Um, at uh, a place called Maribor Island, uh, and another site, Blyberg. And this is not done by uh, the odd, obviously, the the odd partisan soldier uh, alongside a column, but this was a process when they were brought to killing sites of mass executions with firing squads um, done by um the the communist partisan movement another 12000 slovenian soldiers um who made it to austria who are handed back by the british to the partisans uh, the, the partisans are executed um at uh, Kochebe. um and um the 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 killings sort of are very similar um in flavor to, for example, the, the Katine Massacre. Now, the scale of these killings would suggest to me that this is not so much uh, about revenge, although it is a kind of a, a huge factor to consider within that. This is about Tito's state building. This is uh, about levelling out, getting rid of um, ethnic... Dif- um, not so much ethnic differences, but the ability of separate uh, ethnicities to fight for their own sense of national independence. This is the destruction of the Croat army. It's the destruction of the Slovene army. Um, It is obviously uh, ethnic hatred powers this, but it is far too systematic for us to simply write it off as um, xenophobic uh, loathing of one's uh, one's neighbours. The statistics themselves are very uh, revealing in that the 70,000 or so um, executions at the end of the war um, was 10 times higher uh, than that in Italy and 20 times higher than that in in France, both of which had been uh, occupied at different stages during during the war. and so this would suggest that there were you know, deep-seated um, energies, um, deep-seated um, na- nationalist hatreds at play. But then again, is it possible to overlook the fact that um, a an ideology was sort of imposing itself, supplanting itself at the end of the war that um, required the replacement of uh, nationalist ideas with um, uh, socialist ones. Milovan Gilas, who was uh, Tito's uh, right-hand man, um, said something quite revealing in 1979, um, which really shed light on the situation. He says, Yugoslavia was in a state of chaos and destruction. There was hardly any civil administration. There were no properly constituted courts. There was no way in which the cases of twenty to thirty thousand people i e collaborators he means um, could have been reliably investigated. so the easy way out was to have them all shot and be done with the problem in other European countries, particularly Western European countries. The question of collaboration um was something that has, has haunted life in Uh, France, um, the Netherlands, uh, Belgium and beyond uh, for decades Um, and discovering the uh, whole range of grey areas um, has been uh, an immense national trauma and something that has been very difficult to resolve and, you know, very difficult to punch the guilty and uh, protect the the innocent Um, Tito managed to hold the uh, communist Yugoslavia um, together for the the next four decades, um, and it began to crumble after his death and with the the end of the Cold War. But obviously, uh, this fissile um, republic, which was um more than likely to um to divide fra- from its inception um riven with ethnic hatreds um could uh, it was unlikely it was going to be held together using um democratic or peaceful methods. but the importance of the story, which is uh, really well suppressed and ignored um, of the the fate of the Croats um at the end of the war. Uh, really does tell us an awful lot uh, about the creation of post-war Yugoslavia. Anyway, I hope you found that useful, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast.